Deadlights Pod. Deadlights Pod. Welcome to the Deadlights Podcast. I'm your host Sam, and I'm your host Leslie, and we're bringing you another week, you guys. Another week. Another one of horror. Of horror. No, just another week. Just another week. <laughs> I mean, I hope it's another week for you, but there just happened to be some horror. Yeah. In here as well, coming some from sp- some spooks. Coming from your friends Leslie and Sam. Yeah. Always here with the horror. Um, and uh, this week we had a movie that is a little more, I wouldn't call it mainstream, but I would call it a little more mainstream horror. Mm. I feel like the first three movies in this season have kind of been a little off the beaten path. Not movies I I think either of us had really heard of. Yeah. Um. So it's kind of nice to now return to a horror that is a little more famous, a little more infamous, I guess. Yeah, these uh, kind of like camp kind of uh, movies are quite popular. Mm -hmm. Especially in the 80s. Definitely saw a lot of camp movies, camp killers. Um, So it's kind of interesting. We'll see how this one does it. I just wonder, well, let's get into what the movie was. What what, what did we just watch? Yeah, what did we watch? We watched Sleepaway Camp from 1983, written and directed by Robert Hilzik. Angela Baker, a shy, traumatized young girl, is sent to summer camp with her cousin. Shortly after her arrival, anyone with sinister or less than honorable intention towards her gets their comeuppance. Ooh. Mm. You better watch out for Angela Baker. You better watch out. You better not throw her in the water. Don't do it. You're not going to come back from that. No. Um, And boy, was she traumatized. Oh, yeah. There was a lot of trauma going on. A lot of trauma. My question is, why didn't she go with her cousin the year prior to the camp? Yeah, I don't know why. This or any first, other years. This was the first year that she decided to go with him. Because they've obviously been living together for a while since the accident with her, the rest of her family losing the, the accident. rest. Um, so, yeah, I don't know why this was the first year that the kooky aunt sent her with the cousin. I don't know. For the story's sake. For the story's I mean, sake. Yeah. It's the 80s. Does yeah. everything need to make sense in a movie? No. Absolutely no. not. Let's just set up a camp and start killing off some counselors and kids and make sure that they are booty shorts everywhere the shortest shorts we can possibly find i mean i know this is a pretty low budget film but it seems like they really were like you know what we need less fabric so we can save money we need shorter shorts shorter shirts everywhere i think it's interesting just talking about camp movies in general this time viewing it was the first time i kind of thought about how summer camp not just in this movie, but in other summer camp movies and just in life, in real life, summer camp is kind of like a, its own little world. And it's kind of a, a nice like sample size of like how the world really works um, and how kids can ha- kind of have their own world at summer camp. Mm-hmm. But it still isn't much different than the real world because you have... Your popular people, you have your outsiders, you have your heroes, you have your villains. All the things that these kids were experiencing is like a very uh, like sample size of what the real world is like. 
And you find that in all summer camp movies. People are learning lessons about themselves and growing up and people are left behind because they're younger and people are going ahead because they're older. It's, yeah, it's kind of a little sum up of the real world. It's interesting because I didn't go to camps growing up, Um, but there's a variety of camps for parents to drop their children off and you don't see them for a whole month. That is so crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if it was a perfect world, absolutely. Like, I would want a child to go and learn whatever, you know, like how to survive out in the wilderness and just have a really good time. Um, but it was just so scary, especially this movie. There's a child that got beaten up by the camp director. Yes. There were older kids bullying little kids. Um, and then there was death. Yes. Let's not forget about the murder. That there yeah. was murder going on. They um, take this thing and pedophilia. And pedophilia. They take this thing, which is summer camp, which is supposed to be on the outset, fun, awesome. Kids go and have be with their friends, play sports, be outside for a whole summer, and it really does a good job of making it a scary thing. Like in the first. The first part of the movie, when the credits are rolling, are very ominous shots of the camp. No one's there. It's abandoned. But you hear kids screaming and saying like pretty scary things in the background. Hey, get away from me with that pail of water. I'll kill you. And it very much does a good job of setting up this world that we're in, mm-hmm. which is summer camp. But the dark side of summer camp and how it can actually be a scary thing for a lot of kids and but for my people. My goodness, those trees were beautiful and colorful, um, and it does, yeah, like it was like an like a echo, mm-hmm. like a um, like ghost, yes, roaming around the camp. Ghosts of the past coming Ooh. back to haunt. Well, shall we get into it? Let's get into it. Let's jump it. into. The can. can. Open it up. Um, This movie, I definitely feel like is giving after school special vibes. You know, very overdramatic writing, overdramatic performances, uh, sound cues, music cues to be emotional. Any chips? Why, of course. I believe there's a whole bag. Especially after he told me what a prude you are. That is the word you used. Isn't it, Paul? She's a real carpenter's dream. The lad is a board and needs a screw. Turning away from someone to deliver a line, you know? It's very overdramatic. Oh, God. But it, I, in my opinion, I think it works for this movie because mm-hmm. it's like, it is like that through and through. So... I don't know. And also in a kid's mind, I think things would be like a little more overdramatic. Life is over, more overdramatic in general. So the fact that we're in camp and that they're all kids, this kind of overdrama kind of works. At least worked for me. I think the most well-written character was Paul. Me and Ricky, we go back a long time. We've been best friends for three years already. Last year, we hung the girls' panties on the flagpole. Sorry. Well, good night, Angela. 
Yeah, to me, it seemed like, yeah, that's how a child, a boy child would move about and be like into girls and wanting to kiss them and then get angry and not know how to express his frustration in a healthy way. So Mm -hmm. it's like awful. Um, And then everybody else was just so exaggerated. I do love the cousin Ricky. I think he was a freaking loyal cousin and i love the the like familiar kind of um connection and and um relationship that he had with angela she don't eat she don't talk she don't do anything why don't you leave her alone she's just quiet i mean like what's your problem hey dick face leave her alone oh yeah what are you gonna do about it asshole They're more like siblings now mm-hmm. because at the beginning of this movie, Angela's family dies and then she goes and stays with her aunt and cousin, who's Ricky. And so they've grown up together like siblings. Um, and I, I agree. I really do like Ricky's character. He's I mean, he's definitely played over dramatic. But the point is, is that he is always there for his cousin and looking after her and protecting her. He's he's a true protector of Angela, which is nice to see, especially yeah. in a kid, especially because she was traumatized. And um, in the beginning, she just wasn't partaking in any activities. She wasn't talking. She wasn't eating, um, which was like, oof, yeah, girl, oof. I hope your aunt is taking you to therapy because you're not eating. That's not healthy. That aunt needs to go to therapy. That aunt needs to shut the fuck up. Hurry, sweeties. We don't want to be late for the boss. Goodness, no. Now, that wouldn't do at all. She was annoying as hell. Or maybe not. There's such an, <laughs> it's always such an interesting scene to me because she isn't acting like the rest of the characters. Like, Not yes, it is an overdramatic movie, but she is so over the top and so, like, off that you kind of clock her performance. And I don't know if it's, like, trying to be foreshadowing of, yes, this act, this character is actually way more off than we realize. Um, or if it's just kind of like a red herring of, like, ooh, this person's really crazy. Maybe they're the killer who's running around the camp. You never can be too careful. Oh. Well, what is it already? Because it's at the top of the movie, too. And we haven't really had much time to get familiar with the aesthetic of the film. Mm-hmm. For that to be one of the first scenes, it, it, it does throw you off. You're like, is the rest of the movie going to be like this? Like, are we in for every other character to be this crazy? So it does kind of set us off on a weird tone for the rest of the movie. It isn't like that the rest of the time. She's barely in the rest of the movie. But it is certainly a choice to start the film off like that. Take good care of my little girl, Richard. Goodbye, Mom. Goodbye, dear. Friday the 13th has already come out. And I'm sure other camp movies have kind of started to come out at this time because people are, you know, trying to 
cash in on the success of these killer camp movies. Um, But I thought that they used, you know, elements definitely from Friday the 13th and I'm sure from other camp movies very well. Like this, once we get to camp, a killer is running around. And I really do enjoy the POV shots that we get in here of the killer. Yeah, of the killer operating. Clearly it is a kid because it's from a lower perspective. You called that right away. Yeah. And I think, you know, their use of shadows Mm -hmm. was great, too. You know, we see the killer in a lot of shadows. We see the knives come up. We see the doors open to see silhouettes. I think their use of shadows was really, really good, especially in the end when we realize what's going on. The idea of shadows and the idea of you don't know a person's true motivations or personality even and people are just shadows and we don't really know them i thought that was a great little motif that they had going through the movies Ow! and then the last thing i wanted to say into the to the can which i think is going to kind of transition us into the meat is how they were shooting angelo the the main character of this movie who mm-hmm. for the most part is very quiet has very little lines she's the meek appearing character our main character that we're following and we have sympathy for her Mm -hmm. i think how they shoot her is great because we feel so bad for her um there's a lot of shots uh close-ups of her that yes she's silent and you know very kind of devoid of emotions which i think because we saw that opening scene of her family dying we automatically sympathize with her we're like this poor child lost her entire family yes it makes sense for her to be removed and distanced from people and mute and especially at camp because that's where the trauma started presumably with the death of her family um but they're also they also framed her in a very smart way where a lot of these close-ups she's in the lower third yes shooting from a high angle she's in the lower third of the shot making her appear even smaller and even weaker and like her eyes were puppy, like mm-hmm. a puppy kind of doe kind of eyes. Um, yeah. That if you want anybody to have sympathy for you, you just like look at them like this and you're just like make your eyes as big as possible. I told you she was playing with half a deck. Angela the Nutcake. Ain't that right, Angela? Ain't you Looney Tunes? The last thing that I'm going to say about the can though, yeah. script is horrible. Pre... I mean, it definitely goes along with the like after school special soap opera esque. Very. We're Come getting on. fan information. Yeah. A lot of information feeding. Can you believe that? God. Hey, how many are we up by now anyway? I think it's eight six. I think they like had finished the film and they're like, oh shit, we need maybe like 10 more minutes. Yeah. It definitely kind of felt <laughs> like there was some padding going on yeah. in this movie where we're. Let's shove some extra scenes in here to make it a little longer. We, we, I mean, it is a camp, so we need sports. Yeah. We need activities that the kids are doing. Fair. Yeah. I don't. I but. don't. I mean, <laughs> I didn't need to know the score of the baseball game. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Um, all right, cool. Well, let's get into the meat. Um, and I wanted to start off the meat with a spoiler alert <gasps> of where this movie is going. Um the killer that's running around is revealed as Angela, our main character. She ends up being the killer. Um, and that is kind of 
in the log line, pretty much essentially like everyone that comes across Angela that is mean to her, puts her in an uncomfortable situation does end up dead. Dying. Yeah. Um, and as we go through, we kind of learn why she is so pissed off and why she's so angry at the world. I just wanted to set that up now because, you know, we're going to talk about the themes of the movie. Angela's the killer. She's, mm-hmm. she's pissed, um, at her life. I think, um, this movie is, I mean, I kind of already talked about it before about camp being kind of like a microcosm of the world. Um, because these kids are ruthless. These kids are like as ruthless as in the real world as adults, you know, and we see a lot of bullying and a lot of people made to feel like the outsider. Looks like we got a real winner here. You ain't kidding. Listen, Angela, if you're not going to participate in our activities, then you just sit there and you do nothing. That does not include talking with the boys. You're not a goddamn prima donna, you know? Understand? God damn it, answer me, Angela, answer me! God damn it, answer me! What the hell's going on here? This one, answer me! She never answers me! You push someone, push someone, push someone, they're gonna snap. Mm -hmm. And that is kind of what happens in this movie. With Angela... We learn that her whole life has been pushing her to a snapping point. And I think this movie is her snapping point. Um, everything that has gone on in her life is now finally coming to a head. And this camp is now the target of her anger mm-hmm. um, towards the world and towards her trauma. We're definitely going to talk about what happened to Angela in a second. Um, because it is a very important part of this movie and why this movie is so infamous. Um, but I do want to talk about something else that has to do with it, but is a more broad stroke, I think, of mm-hmm. this movie, which is kind of reaping what you sow. So everything that happened to Angela and to all these kids is the result of the adults um, making decisions for them. Such a lovely name. Why, I believe it means angel. Why, yes, I'm sure it does. I know you're going to like that name. Won't you, Peter? So everything that Angela has gone through in her life, all these adults taking advantage of her, you know, making her feel like an outsider, um, changing who she is just because she's a child and just because Mm -hmm. you're an adult and you can tell a child what to do and telling a child what you think is right. That is what ultimately causes the murders to happen um, is the abuse and the neglect from adults. That's what this movie is trying to say. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that it's pictured in a great way, but decisions from adults now have effects on the children, which then in turn create this massacre at a camp. You know, obviously we see the extreme example of Angela's killing people. Yeah. But also we see just these kids acting a fool, you know, like the camp directors don't give a shit what they're they doing. Don't. He just lets them run around and do whatever they want. They're like, oh, the, they, they should protect themselves. Yeah. It's like, well. So even on that microcosm level, the inaction of an adult 
allows these children to kind of just run amok. Mm -hmm. So you see multiple examples in this movie of how the actions and decisions of adults then affect the children. Yeah. Um, Yeah. How is that? How that is presented isn't great, but I think that's what it's trying to say. Yeah, I can I can see where you're coming from for sure. Um, and we get that because there's a scene with the aunt who, when Angela's coming into the home, she is talking at Angela. Yes, I've always dreamed of a little girl just like you. I mean, we already have a boy, so another one simply would not do. Oh, no, absolutely not. She's She maybe asked a question or two, but then quickly, you know, answered herself or went about not really caring about Angela's uh, emotional state. Um, so like Mm-mm. did not care about what she needed, uh, what she wanted, nothing at all. She was just concerned about what she, the aunt want. What does she want? What does she need? Um, and that's I always wanted a little girl. Yeah. That's that's not a way to raise children. That's not a way to adopt um children as well. You can't just force them, like you said, to be whatever they can be for you. Mm-hmm. Just because you're taking them in or you had them doesn't give you the excuse that now they can do whatever it is that you want them to do. You see, I've always wanted a little girl, but of course when my husband left, oh, well, that's all water under the bridge, as I always say, water under the bridge. There's the thing of like a lot of couples that are having issues with each other have a kid because they feel like it's a Band-Aid, it's a, it's a solution to their problems. Yeah, I was supposed to... Um save my parents marriage and that's not fair to put on a child that's not it, they have nothing to do with that but time and time again we see that happen in the real world mm-hmm. um and we saw that happen with the aunt where she clearly wanted something specific and then put that on the child and then we see the ramifications of those actions um as long as we're good with the meat, I would like to get into the cook. Oh, let's, yeah, let's do it. Because we can talk about how they actually deal with these issues. Yeah. Because I think there is, the meat and the cook of this movie is going to be very different. We see the messages that they're trying to say. Now, going into the cook, more spoiler alerts. We're about to spoil <laughs> things for everyone who hasn't seen this movie. So, so go and see it first. Yeah, if you haven't stopped now, you're really ruining it for yourself. <laughs> um, at the end, we realize... Angela is the killer. And the reason that she is the killer is because she's actually not a girl. She was the son of the family that died. And when she was brought into the aunt's house, the aunt decided for him that he was going to be a daughter. He was going to be a girl. And so the aunt assigned this new identity to Mm -hmm. this little boy who has now lived as a little girl since they've been taken in and has become Angela. So now there's all this confusion going on, but in within Angela slash Peter. And um, that I think is 
what the movie says is the reason for the killings going on because there's this gender confusion and there's a sexuality confusion mm-hmm. going on. God, she's a boy. It's so sad. Mm-hmm. It's it's to oh god, I can't even talk about it, but like to have a child be something they're not is something different than them figuring it out for themselves. And that is the whole, you know, debate right now of just like children are coming about and they're being like, I'm confused with my identity. I'm confused with my sexuality. And us as adults are like, oh, this is concerning just because like it's going to lead to X amount of issues and what if you then decide not to you know all these crazy things but children are always going to question whatever it is about themselves because that is the point you're an individual and you are learning all the different avenues of your life but when you are told what you are is so damaging to the kid. Mm-hmm. And to be sent to camp knowing that you're going to be surrounded by other girls and you're going to have to shower. You're going to have to go into the the water, like the freaking lake and stuff. Like That limits you. The problems come in this movie when we start demonizing transsexuality and homosexuality, because mm-hmm. they did that. They did both of those things because we do learn later in the movie. Not only does the aunt assign a new gender to Peter, who is now Angela. We also do get a flashback of Angela as a boy, as a young, as a, as a young kid, seeing their father in bed with another man. That's a flashback that we have. And that flashback is to indicate to us where some of the trauma is coming from. Oh, so I didn't know what that was. Yeah. There, but it, there was a little boy and there was a little girl. Right. Well, because we're supposed to think that Angela is the little girl, but Angela is actually the little boy. This happened before the accident. Right. So they witnessed their father having a homosexual relationship with another man. And that is supposed to add to her trauma, which the movie is demonizing homosexuality. Yeah. Because they're saying that a homosexual parent is going to then lead to possibly your kid being homicidal. And then add on top of it, they're angry at their um you know gender confusion which will then lead to them murdering so the problems in this movie start because they actually demonize homosexuality and transsexuality or at least have them as motives for murder Mm -hmm. so while we can see what they're trying to do as far as like the 
decisions of adults coming back to haunt children, how they're going about it is not the correct way. Because in the end, what they are saying is that if you're if you witness homosexuality and you have um, like gender confusion, you're going to turn out to be a killer. Yeah. And even if it's not confusion, if you know for sure that you are not in the right body and you have every right to to be who you want to be. And that does not like trickle down to any parental um, like, you know, like where did we go wrong kind of concepts like that person just wants to be who they feel they are and regardless of how young they are how old they are anyone has the right to be who they want to be mm-hmm. as long as it's not hurting anyone else and it's not hurting themselves that's it where this movie i think <laughs> the line becomes a little too blurred is where they didn't establish that child abuse is what motivated Angela to no, kill. Why, Which this why child, would we do that? This child was abused. This child definitely was emotionally abused oh, yeah. by the aunt. But because they're trying to say that actions of adults, especially abuse of adults and neglectful adults, is what can lead to a child murdering people, they then put their dad being gay in that. Like, why did we, what, why that, that is not an abusive act. If the dad's gay, then the dad's gay. Like, that's just a fact. That's not abuse of the child, but they, they it like, unfortunately put it in the same moment as the abusive. Act. It was so confusing to yeah. me. I didn't like it wasn't until you told me that I didn't get that moment at all. It, and it was like so randomly put in there just like out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And it it's it's hurtful because of someone who is an ally and is a person within the the community like to I can just imagine how hurtful this was to a lot of folks in this community because it's in the eighties. So they've been fighting for gay rights and trans rights for so long. This reminds me using the themes of transphobia to make a compelling quote unquote storyline. And it's what silent of the lambs did as well. And although that movie is good I don't like the idea of there being a killer who is to society confused mm-hmm. and and that's enough for someone to be a killer. Mm-hmm. That's why this movie is kind of like very frustrating in a way where yeah. there's such good elements of this movie, but there's also some very um, small minded elements of this movie um and you know it's not the only movie like you said that we see suffer from this of this kind of using otherness to be scary 
mm-hmm. you know, the others, quote unquote, in our society, just using the fact that they are the others in the society to give them a motive to murder. That's not that's not cool at all. Um, no, no. Yeah. This is a it's a it's kind of a crazy movie to, that we're reviewing. You know, yeah. it's, it's definitely it, it's deep and it, it creates this like very interesting conversation, not necessarily for the right ways. But this is why this movie, I think, has kind of just been part of a a very ongoing long discussion because people are still dealing with their feelings about um, transsexuality um, and just, you know, that idea in general mm-hmm. still. So I do enjoy, I'm glad we watched this movie because I do think it's an important movie to watch. Yeah. Um, but it's still, it's just very layered. It's very it's layered. A, yeah. It's, it's frustrating. Like you said, I think yeah. that's the correct word to, <laughs> put a feeling to this Mm -hmm. of just being like i want to talk about this and um i can just approach it in a very ally way yeah um because i i'm not a trans folk and um and so like there's not a lot of room there to you know speak with the knowledge but like i i am just hurt that there's been moments in our history then and now, and sadly, hopefully they will reduce in the future. But man, like we just need to allow people to, to be able to live the life that they would like to live Mm -hmm. as long as it's not hurting anyone. That's it. That's all we should ask from people. Because we need to, God, yeah. this planet really needs us to love each other. Please, please do <laughs> Who it. Who cares what fucking gender you are? Yeah. Are you recycling? Like, <laughs> are who, you? <laughs> who cares if Angela doesn't want to go in the water? You know, fucking just, just be nice to matter. her. She's not talking to you. Just sit down talk and her. talk to her. Be yeah. like, hey, Angela, like, what's going on? Yeah. Or like, hey, look at the sky is so beautiful. Let's just sit here in silence. Sounds great. Everyone needs an advocate. She's a good listener. Yeah. Angela's a great listener. She doesn't talk to no one. That's all she that's all she has. Yeah, that's all she has, really. Um so going back to this movie as a film, I know yeah. pretty pretty deep there. Um in the cook, I did want to mention a couple of those scenes that felt like padding. Where we saw like a very extended scene of the baseball game. No problems, you know. This guy blows dead dogs. Just lay it in there. Eat shit and die, Ricky. Eat shit and live, Bill. They explained the entire rules of capture the flag. Now listen, depending on what team you're on, you're either gonna be wearing white strips or blue strips. Now the guys with the blue strips have to capture the white flag, and the guys with the white strips have to capture the blue flag. The movie was an hour and twenty-five minutes, so barely ninety minutes. And so those scenes, I feel like they threw in for sure to be like, we need some, we need some more runtime in this thing. Or somebody was just like, you know what? This is, this is looking like every other movie. And so then they sprinkled Sandlot in there. Maybe the girls want to get. It's okay. We'll get him back. Come on. We'll get him back. Don't worry. We'll get him back. Yes. It's a very much like 
in the Friday the 13th way, it's a whodunit, you know, like mm-hmm. the entire time we're thinking who, who's the killer? Who's, who's the one behind they the got shadow? me. At first I was like, oh no, it's Angela. And then I was just like, Ricky, no, Ricky, I was such an advocate of yours. No, Ricky. Yeah. And I think, I, I do think that that movie, I do think this movie is very successful in that way of like keeping us guessing, keeping us like with it of like, who could it be? Oh, no, it's this person. Oh, it's this person. I think they actually nailed that yeah. pretty well. The cook of the whodunit, I thought was great. At, at one point I was like, is it Angela? I mean, not Angela. Uh, Judy? Judy. Yeah. I was just like, is it Judy? Yeah. Because she's a bitch. That makes sense. Also, she's like 40 years old and kissing 12 year old. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. Well, let's get to the uh, thrill. <laughs> Speaking of scary parts. Um, the pedophile I, was scary. Pedophile was scary. And that's what I was going to say is like this movie definitely. Obviously, there is a killer running around. Mm-hmm. That is scary. But another element of this movie is we got scary adults here, too. Like, obviously, we show up pedophile cook. Look at all that young, fresh chicken. Where I come from, we call them baldies. Makes your mouth water, don't it? Also, we have the camp director is kind of a picture of just total neglect. Like he doesn't give a shit about what these kids are doing. He's standing there while kids are fighting in the mess hall and just watching it. Him and one of the camp counselors was, they were kind of fooling around. Hey, guess who has the night off tonight? Well, congratulations. Remember that dinner you promised me up at your place? Yeah. Where's Meg? Meg. Meg. I'll I'll avenge your death, Meg. And then he beat up a child. And then he that almost he killed a child. Thought was the killer. Yeah. So that's kind of showing like the neglectful adult and the ramifications of that. And then also we have the aunt who is like directly manipulating Angela mm-hmm. um, into being a little girl. So. Yes, this killer that we have running around is scary and actually killing people, but we have enough adults running around that are as scary in a real life way, which I think was actually pretty smart. That was, uh, to me, so scary because it, you know, camps were so popular back in the day. They're still kind of like around, but I want to say... There's a reason as to why there was a, a research, not a resurgence, but a, a surgence. Yeah. No, a surge. A surge. Of all these camp movies. Mm-hmm. There's so many. We can make a whole trivia uh, night. Absolutely. Of camp movies. Mm-hmm. And it's because the concept of children being taken or like brought to this forest in the middle of nowhere is scary with people you don't know you're trusting these adults and these teenagers who are the camp counselors to take care of your child Mm -hmm. for what a a month two months almost three months if you say the whole whole summer holy shit yeah no need to upset the campers, right? Because I don't want the kids or their parents to know that this ever happened. You understand? 
Exactly. The, I thought the adults were definitely as scary as the killer mm-hmm. that we had trying to figure out who it was. Um, I do want to talk about the kills, though, because we had some pretty good kills. Um, the first kill was the cook. She got all burned up. Boiling water. Good. Salted boiling water. Yes. Good. Mm. Because that he was a pedo. Oh, yeah. So got his comeuppance for sure. He presumably lost sight. Good. Of, yeah. Because we can't look at little kids anymore. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Suck it. And then uh, the night boating one with the like bully kid, he just got drowned. But he had, we had a nice shot of him like with a fucking snake coming out of his, his yeah. mouth. And then we had this guy take a wicked dump and uh, a hornet's nest get thrown into his stall. He had like holes Big. in his arm with like like very Candyman-esque like bees like coming through mm-hmm. his skin and then his entire face was just covered in bees. So I love that. But like I wish we could have learned a little bit more and maybe had the scene carry on a little bit more mm-hmm. as opposed to just like a an edit of of him being on the ground dying. Yeah. But also that could just have been, you know, money and the time. Yeah. They could only spend it on the the ending effects, which were pretty good. We're pretty good. But then we had the shower kill. Oh, with uh, Meg. Meg. Yeah, which was pretty good. That one that one I found a little lazy. Oh yeah, for sure. We didn't see much. And then later when she just fell out of the shower at the perfect moment was just very nonsensical. That was so stupid. Did not make any sense. But, you know, at least we got to see the big slash down her back. Yeah. And then all down her crack. The death of the main mean girl, Judy, mm-hmm. we didn't really see. It was all told through shadows, which I do enjoy the shadow stuff that they were doing. Mm-hmm. I just wish we got to actually see what the hell killed her because her face was covered by the pillow and the curling iron was being stabbed into her. I don't really, we don't really know no. what happened there, but she died. Yeah. Um, if they did do the approach of having the curling iron in her vagina, I'm glad we didn't see it. Yes. But if it was Angela just stabbing her, we could have done a little bit more, very similar to like Kevin Bacon's death mm, in, mm-hmm. um, in Friday the 13th. Um, something like that. Yeah. Not to sound like I want to see more death. Unsensitized. Uh, desensitized. Desensitized. I was like unsensitized. Unscented. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, because like it was a little confusing. Yes. Because then. Don't really know how she died. I That to me was the most lazy kill just because it should have been a like Judy was bullying her from the beginning. That's what we really wanted to see get their come up. Yeah. Yeah. If we're going to kill her, then might as well let us, you know, have it be justified give or it something. A, give it a give big it a, epic death. Woo! Yeah. You know? Um, but we didn't see much of anything. Yeah. She literally got slapped by a 12 year old, knocked out, and she was just like, oh, uh, Oh, wowie. Owie. And then she has a pillow on over her and yeah. then the curl and iron. But I do like the shadows, but I wish there were just more specific like Austin Powers. 
mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. where it's like very induendos and like big fucking. Yeah. yeah, it has to be. Yeah, especially if it's shadows. Elaborate and just dramatic. The one kill that really didn't make sense to me was the kids at the campsite. Why did because every other character that was killed, you can trace back to them wronging Angela. Mm-hmm. Like every one of those characters put her in an uncomfortable position, made her feel bad. You can see the motive for why Angela would kill that person. Why did they slaughter like three kids at the campsite? I didn't that didn't make any sense. That made no sense. I mean, even if she was trying to get to the uh camp counselor these children have nothing to do with him. None of those people had anything to do with Angelo. Like we, as far as I'm concerned, we never saw any of those kids or that counselor interact with her at all. And that was a brutal death. It looked like a bear came over and just ripped them apart. She axed them to death in their sleeping bags. It makes no sense. That was the one where I'm like, why? Again, it could just be padding to make this movie a little longer. But that's the one where it's like, there's no justification for this person dying. That's why I was just like, oh, a bear came in here? No. It would be as logical. Why? Why? To me, I'm I'm thinking that a bear or some wolf came in. Yeah. Let's hold that. Yeah. That would make as much sense. Honestly, (laughs) it really would. Um, All right. Let's get to the ride. The ride of this film. Um. I think that this movie actually is, it's pretty engaging the whole time. Like I didn't feel bored. I even have, having seen it before, I felt like everything was, you know, it kept you in it. Like with the mystery of what's going on, like who's going to be the killer. Oh, is it this person? Is it that person? And then, you know, sympathizing with Angela and rooting for Angela and Ricky the whole time. I think it just, I care about those characters and I am engaged and I care about where they end up and if they're going to be okay. Like, are they going to be a target of the killer? So I think as far as the ride goes, this movie is pretty entertaining from beginning to end. Yeah. I enjoyed, uh, figuring out who it was going to be because they really did a good job to make me, believe that it was Ricky. Um, And for the most part, although I didn't enjoy the script, I think, you know, for the time, I think the bullying (laughs) was stupid enough because it was always stupid. Um, And it was just, I don't know, it was just so funny to me to see these children trying to flirt with grown-ass women yeah it was gross to see but i was just like oh man this thing is this this boy is so delusional (laughs) girls mature quicker than boys oh shove it (laughs) bitch oh my god yeah these kids were pretty ruthless to each other they were pretty ruthless um makes me glad i never went to camp me too yeah me too so, sleepaway camp. Sleepaway. 1983. Good Sleep Lord. in. Sleep in. I'm sleeping in. I ain't going to camp. For sure. <laughs> uh, let's get to these smash pumpkins, though. Yeah. Uh, this will be kind of interesting. Do you have a number? 
I don't know. You go first. I think I'm landing in between two of them. Okay. I'll go first. I think that I've seen this movie before. So the things that, you know, are harder to swallow, I knew were coming. Still Mm. very hard to swallow. Um, A lot of these concepts and how they're using homosexuality, transsexuality as devices uh, for um, murder motive does not sit well with me at all. Um, On the other side of the coin, though, I do see what they're trying to do as far as showing the actions of parents then affecting children and how there is a danger in reaping what you sow. I do see that. And I do think this movie is successful in, um, you know, building the mystery of who the killer is, keeping us engaged um, and giving us interesting things to look at to then go along with the ride. Um, So I think I'm going to give this movie a three out of five. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm between 2.5 and three. So I'm going to meet it down the middle and say 2.75. Yeah, I it does. It doesn't sit well with me either for them to have used really random homophobic things in there. And then the overall, uh, you know, twist at the end of her being a boy um, and then it ending that way, I was just, just like, excuse me, what? I had the same face that Angela had, you know, just like open mouth and just like, ah, um, yeah. And I, I mean, I've seen other movies, other camp movies that to me, then this one is not one that I am willing to see again, mm-hmm. you know? Or recommend to anyone. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. So, um, it's like the whole uh, conversations that we've had about, we've pulled a lot of movies um, that reminds of uh, other movies. Mm-hmm. So, this is like a very, I wouldn't even say it's nostalgic. I think it's just like a, what happens if it wasn't. It's like a multiverse kind of mo- like season. Yeah. Like, this is our multiverse season. What happens when other people are inspired and make a not so great movie? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So far, we have seen a lot of that. Yep. We have seen a lot of that this season. So I've seen this before and it's been done more successfully. And then essentially with those themes, um, gets a 2.75. Fair, fair. And the last thing I'll say about this movie is... Um, you know, we have our personal feelings about it, um, but this movie has stayed within the horror lore for a very long time. How it's, many movies are there now? I know there's for sure at least three. There's two sequels mm-hmm. um, to Sleepaway Camp. So, and obviously there's been more killer camp movies since this one that I'm sure people have taken inspiration from this movie. So, you know. We do have to mention that this movie has stayed within the horror conversation for a very long time for a reason. And I do think it's partly because of how they handle these certain topics and maybe not so well. Um, And look, I said that I wasn't going to recommend it in my personal life. (laughs) 
this is kind of personal to this podcast, but like, like we always say, go and watch it, mm-hmm. you know, make your own opinions about it um, and see how it's successful in the ways that we've talked about it and how it isn't. Yep. Um, so then that way we can continue to educate ourselves. And also, you know, if you want to make a film, grab the, the good elements because there's always good elements in every movie. Yeah. At least I hope so. Absolutely. Let's keep <laughs> this conversation going. Like you yeah. said, let's keep it, you know, not just about horror, but about the things that horror does well and how and the things that it doesn't do well, you mm-hmm. know, and that will further the media that we have coming out because we'll just be more informed. Yeah. Because there's been some really great um horror and and thriller movies that have come about um and i like we mentioned we we love seeing that there's a reason we're here yep yeah so the good the bad the ugly yeah Yeah. sleepaway camp sleepaway i hope you enjoyed that one um should we see what's what's on the docket for next week? Is it is it my turn? I go for it. I'm right. Yeah, sure. Do you, do you want to call it? What are we getting? I feel it's gonna be a ghost. Ghosts. 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 Haven't got a ghost one yet this season. Let's see. see what we got. I or at least I'm really hoping it is a ghost. What? Annabelle. Ooh. Annabelle. I don't remember if I put that in there, but oh. maybe. We'll see. <laughs> no, no, Annabelle. Then. Sinister characters converge around a young man devoted to protect those he loves in a post-war backwoods town teeming with corruption and brutality. What's that movie called? Um, with Chalamet? No, it's Tom Holland. Oh, Holland. Yeah. Um, the devil something. What's it called? Yeah, the devil all the time. The devil all the time. Wow. No ghosts, but this is creepy. Like, it's creepy. I've never seen it. Robert Pattinson. Robbie. Is such an amazing actor. It'll be his second appearance on this podcast. We watched The Lighthouse before. so. Oh, yeah, that's true. The devil all the time. Wow. Pattinson all the time. Yeah. Cool. I'm awesome. Ex- you haven't seen this. I have not. Ooh, I'm excited for you too. This was my, it came out in 2020, so I saw it during the pandemic. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. Woo! Nice. Well, well, join us next week for that one. Yeah. And in the meantime, you can go and follow me in, at Instagram, a color me Leslie. And me <laughs> at beep beep rich T. You can find us at the Deadlights Pod. Dead Please lights. check us out there. Um, and also give us a call. At oh, yeah. 773-669-6677. Please, we want to hear all your great stories. Um, and hopefully we'll share them on the podcast one day yeah. as well. Um, but <laughs> until next time, let's get spooky. Ooh. Oh, stop it. You twerp. You twerp.